Welcome to the Buford Sermons Podcast, where we care about the things you care about. For more information or to donate to this ministry, please visit www.fbcbuford.org. I want you to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 3 as we finish up this little three-week mini-series on this idea of the family gathering or of gathering. I believe with all of my heart that God designed and instituted the church with the purpose of gathering together. It is necessary for us as followers of Christ Jesus to gather together. And we spent the last several weeks looking at that, looking at the idea of when we gather, we gather as a family from Colossians chapter 3. Last week, Pastor Jared did an incredible job of looking at the truth that when we gather, we gather in forgiveness and we gather in unity and we assume the best about one another one another as followers of Christ Jesus. And today, I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about who we gather around. You see, because every gathering has a central figure, right? It is Thanksgiving week, and um, it's, it's a unique Thanksgiving for my family. It's a tough Thanksgiving for my dad. Uh, for years, as long as I can remember, the Fountain family has gotten together, all a bajillion of us plus friends and whoever else we decided to pick up off the side of the road and bring to our family gathering, have gotten together every Thanksgiving in Columbus. And Aaron and I haven't had a chance to make all of those since we've gotten married, but they've always gotten together as a family. And this is really the, the first time in a, a long, our first time ever that that gathering won't happen like normal. And the reason that gathering won't happen like normal is truthfully the central figures to those gatherings who still lived in Columbus where I'm from have gone on to be with the Lord. And what you learn is in your family, some of you have experienced this, right? When those central figures that you gathered around are no longer there, it disturbs the gathering, doesn't it? I remember growing up in my dad's family, the one person we gathered around was my granny fountain. My granddaddy fountain died when I was, uh, before I was born, when my brother was one year old. And so uh, I never got to meet my granddad, but my granny fountain was always the matriarch of our family. And the reality was that she was the matriarch. And if you didn't think she was the matriarch, she would make sure you understood that she was the matriarch of our family. If you did anything to disrespect her role or position as the matriarch of our family, her cane would come very quickly after you. She grew up rough and walked through a lot of hard things for much of her marriage before my granddad gave his life to Christ. It was a tumultuous marriage and, and um, just uh, rough, and she learned how to be really, really tough at a young age, and so she was always that tough matriarch. But we knew every Thanksgiving that we were going to gather around my granny fountain. It was something we looked forward to, and we were going to be there because she expected us to be there, but we were all going to be there to see her. And when she passed away, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget taking Emma down to see her. Emma was just a little girl. And taking her down, she was staying with my aunt. Their hospital bed had been put in one of the bedrooms. My granny was weak and could barely communicate. And cancer had been uh, taking over her body. And I'll never forget taking uh, sweet, precious little Emma down and uh, going back into my granny Fountain's room and sitting there and having this conversation with her. It was the last conversation I would ever have with her. And knowing that Emma would get that little bit of time with Granny Fountain and knowing that we wouldn't have those gatherings with her in the middle of them again. But I learned some things in my gatherings with my family 
centered around the person that was my granny fountain that I believe the Apostle Paul is teaching us in Colossians chapter 3 this morning. See, we love gathering with our family, but as we've already stated here and we state often here, that when we gather as the church, we are gathering as a family. And yes, we should be gathering in forgiveness and unity and love and kindness But we also are effective in our gathering only when we gather around the right person. We knew in the Fountain family that we didn't go to my granny Fountains. I loved my uncles, but when my granny was alive, I wasn't there for them. I love my cousins, but when my granny was alive, we weren't there for them. I love Thanksgiving food, but the truth is, My granny fountain made the absolute worst dressing you've ever had in your life. It was terrible. She just put everything you could think of in it. And you could see everything that she put in the dressing. And it sometimes was soupy. It sometimes was dry. It just wasn't very good. I wasn't there for the things that my granny could provide. I was there for one person. And as long as she was alive, All the grandkids showed up. All the aunts and uncles showed up. All the great grandkids showed up for that one central figure. In Colossians chapter 3, the Bible says this as the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Colossae and he is combating here some heresy that's going on in their lives. But he's getting to verses 15 through 17 in this section of Colossians chapter 3. And here's what... He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now I want you to underline, star, highlight, peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ, star, highlight, underline, message of Christ, dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do whether in word or deed do all in highlight star underline the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him there's some things that the Apostle Paul tells us here about gathering as the body of Christ that should be evident in our lives and that quite frankly Paul gives us some ideas here that, hear this, are evident in our lives as the body of Christ when we gather around the Father. When we gather around the Father and God is the uh, central person in our worship, God is the central person in our church, God is the central person in our mission, God is the central person in all that we do. When we gather around him and we look to him, these three traits will always be evident in our lives as the local body of Christ. And so this morning, as I'm preaching to you, I want you to know I'm encouraging the church, those of you who are part of the church and those of you who are thinking about being a part of our church or those of you who need to just go ahead and join our church you've been coming long enough and visiting just go ahead and join and make it official all right for all of you that's who I'm speaking to this morning if you're here and you're a guest or or maybe you're from out of town or something and maybe you're already connected to another church then you need to hear this and how you should function in that church 
But if you're here just because somebody invited you or you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, what I'm talking about this morning is the family that God so desperately wants you to be a part of, so much so that he sent his son Christ Jesus to give his life and pursue you even to the point of a brutal death on a cross so that you could be a part of this family that we're talking about this morning. And so in Colossians chapter 3, in these three verses, when we gather around the Father, the first aspect of our gathering that will always be true is that when we gather around the Father, the Father brings peace to our gathering. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. What the Apostle Paul is telling them is this, is when you are in Christ... And when Christ is in you, there is this peace among believers that comes with being a follower of Christ Jesus. And when you gather around the Father, there is a peace among you that is unlike any other organization, group, or family in all the world. That when we gather and we keep our eyes on the Father, we get to gather in peace. Now hear this. There is great value in knowing that when you gather with the church, you're gathering in peace, isn't there? Have any of you ever been there before when that wasn't true? You ever been maybe in church or a part of a gathering believe of believers where when you came in the door, there was a knot in your stomach because you didn't know what was going to happen. There was a heaviness in your spirit because you didn't know who was going to say something to you or what uh, maybe that wasn't true was going to come from a certain place or who was going to rise up in their selfishness and flesh and kind of ruin the peace that you entered in that day. The, the sad reality is there are a lot of places where believers gather and it is far from peaceful. Because what happens a lot of times culturally within the church of our day is we come to a church because we pulled up on campus and we looked around and we said, man, this is really pretty. Because we walked in the front door and somebody greeted us and we say, man, they were really nice. Because we sat down and we heard the music and we said, man, those cats are really really good because we listened to the preacher and we thought well he's at least a little bit entertaining or somebody I can laugh with or laugh at when he makes mistakes but I can make this enjoyable I was talking about sweet potato souffle in the nine o'clock service this morning and I was talking about that sweet potato souffle with the, the uh, uh, brown sugar the crispy brown sugar cinnamon on it and I was trying to talk about that sweet, sweet potato souffle with the cinnamon and brown sugar and the marshmallows and I talked about the sweet potato a souffle with the cinnamon and the brown sugar and the mushrooms on top of it. My sister-in-law, who we just baptized her sweet daughter, I'm pretty sure there are weeks she comes to church so that after the service she can text me what embarrassing things I said that I didn't realize I said. As soon as I sat down after the invitation, I pulled out my phone. I had a text from her and said, you've said you put marshmallows on, I mean, you put mushrooms on your sweet potatoes, not marshmallows. Everybody in the first service thinks I have this weird, disgusting idea of what sweet potato souffle must be like. Man, there was something funny that happened. I enjoyed it. You walk in the church and, man, they've got stuff for my kids. That's really good. They've got stuff for my age group, for senior adults. That's awesome. They've got stuff for students. Man, this is a great place for me to come and them to... 
and you come and we love that you're here and we get excited because I go home and tell Aaron, did you meet that family today? Man, they're really sharp and we're excited about them. And then you sit in your seat for a while or not you, somebody else at some other church, nobody here at First Baptist Buford, but somebody else at some other church sits in their seat for a while and they came and they love the worship and they lift their hands in worship and they love the preaching until the pastor says something that might be close to their life. Or until there's a, not an announcement made that they thought should have been made. Or, or until there's a programming issue that they don't agree with and all of a sudden, wait a minute, this doesn't meet or please my desires and what we end up seeing happening is we see the peace of this body of believers being disrupted. Why? Because somebody in that body took their eyes off the Father and began looking to their own desires. He says, let the peace of Christ dwell in you. Knowing that you're a group of diverse people from diverse backgrounds with diverse desires. But when you walk in this gathering here at Buford, your eyes are on the Father. So all the peripheral stuff is just wasted energy. The Father brings peace to gatherings. I saw it in my own family. When my granny was alive, Look, when you got a family as big as mine and who likes to fight as much as mine likes to fight, we love each other big, but then sometimes they fight over silly stuff. Man, everybody would show up. And all of a sudden, if these two cousins were fighting, or if this aunt and this uncle were not happy with one another, or if something had happened, or if this cousin was living a lifestyle that didn't match the rest of us, we walked in the room... And all of that was put to the side because we weren't there for that. We were there for one person. When we gather for the Father, we can walk in peace, in forgiveness, in unity, even when we don't always agree because our eyes are on Him. Father brings peace to the gathering, but when we gather around the Father, the Father also brings purpose to our gathering. I love verse 16 because it's such a great encouragement for us. He says this, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Twice Paul tells them, be thankful. Walk in peace. Don't focus on the things that rub you a little bit raw, but focus on the things that you should be thankful for among the body of believers. And he says, walk with purpose, giving thanks that God has placed you among a body of believers who can gather with the purpose of doing what? I'm going to read it again. Of teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs 
songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. When we gather around the Father, we gather with the peace of Christ that God gives us through the Holy God who sent His Son, Jesus, to die and the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. But we also gather with a specific purpose. And I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear this with all the joy and the passion in my heart that I can give it to you. When you gather with other believers, the purpose of your gathering is not you. He says, as you come together, encouraging one another, admonishing one another, teaching one another, singing with one another. When our eyes are on the Father, we can come knowing that, listen, when we gather, we gather with a clear purpose. That purpose is laid out through all of Scripture. We know in the beginning God created and he created all things and then created us in his image for fellowship and relationship with him to glorify him. But we broke that relationship. We broke that image because of our own sin. But God looked down upon us and God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He loved us so much and that while we were still sinners, Christ came and he died for us. And after Jesus died for you in the midst of your broken sin, he was put in a tomb. He became your sin, the very worst of you, so that you could then, after Jesus was put in the tomb and defeated death, held a grave in your sin and came back to life. Jesus became the very worst of you on the cross so that after after he came, was put in the tomb and came back to life, you could then reflect the very best of him to a lost and dying world. And he would give you this as his command, that you would go into all the nations and that you would teach the gospel and you would baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them the things that Christ Jesus taught his earliest disciples, that you would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, that we would be a light in a dark world, that we would here be a beacon on a hilltop so that people could see the hope of the gospel of Christ Jesus and he instituted the local church with those early disciples to be that instrument that would take the gospel to the world. Hear this. Hear this. Here at Buford, we want you to know this, okay? Why are we so passionate about being in our community? Why are we so passionate about being in our schools? Why are we so passionate about preaching the gospel every single week and preaching the word of God? Why are we so passionate about standing on the truth of God and not on uh, some leadership book or not on some self-help or, or some felt need stuff? Because there is no organization, hear me, there is no organization outside of the local church that will reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Christ Jesus. Why do you say that, Stephen? There's no parachurch organization that's going to reach the gospel of the world with the gospel of Christ Jesus. Samaritan's Purse, I love it. That's not what God instituted to reach the world with the gospel. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I love it. That's not what God institute, instituted to reach the world with the gospel. Young Life, it's fine. That's not what God instituted to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. Jesus instituted the local church to go and reach the world with the gospel of Christ Jesus and we're passionate about it because we're the only organization in all of creation that's been given that role but we can't do it out there if we don't recognize our purpose in here listen listen don't let him clap alone back there everybody else y'all just do it even if you didn't hear what I said listen 
Y'all here to encourage, encourage that man. Listen, listen. How are we effective at going out there? By serving our purpose of encouraging one another in here. Do you know some of you, some of you have no idea how big of an encouragement to me you are just by you being here on Sunday morning. Aaron will tell you there are days when I go home and I'm so excited. Not because of something I preached or something I said. Most of the time I'm excited because of something Liliana's saying, but not even just that. I'm so excited because I look at Aaron and I tell her, did you see this family that was there this morning? Did you see the couple who's struggling in their marriage that was in worship this morning? Did you see the family who hadn't been here for four or five weeks? Did you see our friends from the community? Some of you in the room right now, I remember the first time you showed up. I'll call your name out. Aaron, did you see the walkers there this morning? Didn't matter what else happened. Just to see you here. Aaron, I hadn't seen Scotty in 15 years. I saw him in the gym. Did you see him in worship today? Listen. When God called me to Buford, he called me to pastor your church. But he also placed within me this unique passion and calling. And I don't know if this is even the right phrase for it, but to pastor our community. There are thousands of people in this community who we seek to serve and pastor and point to Jesus. There's a family sitting here this morning because they showed up when we had the funeral service of Aaron Kirkland because we pastored our community. And can I tell you something? This burden, this thing that God gave me to love and serve this community the way God has called me and gifted me and equipped me to serve this community, it is heavy and it is hard. Do you know what gives me the juice to do what I do out there Monday through Saturday? What gives me the encouragement and the energy and the juice to do it? And our staff? It's the Holy Spirit of God, yes. Sure, it is. It's the power of God's word. It's my own time with him. But y'all know my personality. You know what really gives me the juice to do it out there? Gathering with you in here. Sunday mornings are my Super Bowl. The second most, most exciting part of my week every week in the fall is standing in the tunnel at Buford High School with all these cats who are a lot bigger than me and going out behind them as they run onto the field to beat the brakes off of whoever poor teams lined up on the other side of the field. The most exciting part of my week every week is standing here in front of you. It's walking among you even while we're worshiping to make sure I get to speak to you it's your encouragement. It's hearing you sing. I told the first service, I shouldn't say this because nobody's going to sit on the second row anymore. And if they do, they're going to be quiet. Please don't. You have no idea the conversations I have on Monday and Tuesday with Chad and Jared. I'm going to embarrass them. I'm not, it's okay. I'm not going to say it this week. But when I sit up here and I walk in on Monday and say, man, 
I could hear these people right behind me singing out to Jesus this morning and it was so encouraging. We are a gathering of a bunch of hurt, broken, messed up people. But God instilled within us a purpose to reach the world with the gospel that begins with us loving, teaching, encouraging, singing alongside of a bunch of hurt and broken and messed up people. And when we forget the purpose of our gathering is when we take our eyes off the Father and we elevate other things above this very special time that he's given us. I love that we have technology and people at home watching online hear me. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm glad you're watching online. I love you. Keep watching online today. We had a season where we had to do that every week. We were one of the first churches back. Why we rushed back? There are some weeks where you've got to do that. I get it. We even had a week Christmas last year. A bunch of us were sick and we'd already recorded. And on the 27th last year, man, we encourage you to walk with your, watch with your family and friends at home. But hear me. Connecting to a church digitally does not serve the purpose that God created the church for. You cannot admonish one another through a screen. You cannot teach one another. You can get some information and encourage one another. You can't. Man, when we were worshiping online, be, be real. Y'all weren't sitting on y'all's couch singing alongside of us. Y'all were sitting on y'all's couch saying, man, those cats can sing, but it's time for me to go real, refill my coffee or go to the bathroom. That's what we did at my house. Tell my kids, y'all do whatever y'all want. Now daddy's on the screen, pay attention. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen. We gather with family around the Father to serve the purpose of encouraging one another, preparing one another, empowering one another to fulfill the great commission that Jesus called us to right here in this community the father brings peace to your gathering he brings purpose to our gathering and then finally the father brings passion to our gathering the apostle Paul says that we gather in the peace of Christ to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts let the message of Christ dwell among you encourage one another and then he says this in verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we keep our eyes on the Father, we recognize that everything we do is in his name. And when we realize that everything we do we are attributing to the one who came, bled, died, and rose from the dead. It should impact how we gather, shouldn't it? We should be excited. We should gather with a sense of 
joy. Knowing that we have a purpose that's eternal. That no other institution carries with it. We should gather. Knowing that all that we do, we do in the name of Jesus. In word or deed. You know what that means? When you gather here. When you show up here on a Sunday morning, especially if you're somebody that others know is a part of this church. Now, here's the crazy part after COVID. Like half the people in the room, nobody knows if you're really a part of this church or not because half of you are new. We love that. Listen. Especially if you're somebody that people know you're a part of this church. Can I just give you a little extra biblical honesty? When you're here, what you do and how you look in your face, your facial expression. I ain't talking about whether you're pretty or not. I'm talking about whether you got a little bit of joy or you just bitter and angry. How you interact with people. Can I be honest with you? What you do in word and deed when you are here, especially when people know you're a part of your church, this church is attributed to Jesus whether you want it to be or not. If your eyes are on the Father and you come in here with an expectancy and a joy. Guys, I'm not talking about coming here all fake, acting like your life is perfect. No. Some of you roll in here with some burdens. I mean, I love you and I'm glad you're here. And you need to keep coming in here with that because we all carry that. Some of you roll in here with heartache. Some of you roll in here hurting. But I'm talking about If you truly know Jesus, whether you come in with joy or you come in with selfish bitterness. You're a reflection of how people will view the name of Jesus. And everything we do here, we want to do with a passion that says Jesus is worth following. We're meeting with an organization even now over the next year or so. That's going to help us as a staff learn how to better communicate to you and how to better develop own ramps to help you understand our, who we are and what we're doing and what's going on in the life of our church and going to help us understand how to better communicate what's forward-facing from this building to the community, who we are. And you're going to hear us talk a lot about gathering big because we want to gather big. I'm not talking about numbers and size when we do that. When I say gather big, I want every time we gather it to be a big deal. Whether it's gathering here on Sunday mornings for worship, which is our Super Bowl every week. Or it's gathering on Wednesday nights with Quest, where there's 100 plus kids who get to hear the gospel over and over again every week. Or it's best night of the week with students on Sunday nights, where we had 130 teenagers here for Friendsgiving last Sunday night. Or whether it's uh, Silvertones that's uh, having their concert tonight, our senior adult choir. They're going to sing all the great old gospel songs tonight at 6 o'clock in our gym. They had it last night. They'll have it again tonight. If you're free, you ought to be there and be a part of it. Pastor Wayne leads that group. He leads them to gather big. He makes it a big deal. We want to do it well. We want to do it with passion. We want to do it with this level of greatness that is different than anything else we do in our lives. Why? Because everything we do in word and deed, we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. And listen to me. If the name of the Lord Jesus isn't worthy of our best, what in the world is? We do it passionately. 
because we care. Because our eyes are on the Father. Growing up playing baseball, when my daddy used to tell me I'd play for that name on the front of my jersey, but also played for that last name on the back, everybody in Columbus knew I was a fountain. He wasn't talking about making errors or going three for four. Well, sometimes he might have been because he was a little crazy that way. But for the most part, he was talking about how I responded when I did strike out twice. The one time I might have done that in my life. I'm just kidding. He was talking about how I responded when things didn't go my way. He was talking about what kind of teammate I was. Listen, whatever we do as a family here, we do it in the name of of the Lord Jesus. So we do it with passion. We do it with joy. We do it with excitement. We do it well. Because Jesus is worth it. And when we keep our eyes on the Father, listen, when we keep our eyes on the Father, doing things passionately is the only option. He's the creator of the universe who humbled himself to give his life for you and for me. We gather as a family. We gather in forgiveness. We gather around the Father. And when we gather around the Father, all the sideways noise becomes a little less important. You know what I used to do in Thanksgiving? My granny made that terrible dressing and it was so bad. I don't really know what was all in it. I was never brave enough to ask. But she'd make a giant pan along with the sweet potatoes that had marshmallows, not mushrooms. And my aunt's Hershey bar pie my aunt watches our services sometimes, so got to throw her Hershey bar pie some love. Some cream corn. I would walk through the line. My mom knew that we didn't like my granny's dressing, so she would always make a smaller pan of dressing and kind of sneak it in. And her excuse was, now Granny Fountain... Now, Granny Fountain, you know that my boys don't like all those onions in that dressing. And it's true. But I can handle a little bit of onions in dressing. It was just bad. But you know what I do sometimes? This is true. I didn't do it all the time. But if Granny was standing there looking, I'd walk through the line. And I'd stop at my Granny's big old pan of dressing. And sometimes it was dry as a bone and sometimes it was swimming in something. I don't know what it was. I'd look at my granny and you know what I'd do? I'd take that serving spoon and I'd put it in a little bit of my granny's dressing and I'd put it on my plate. And then I'd find my mom's dressing and I'd put it on my plate. And I felt like being brave. I'd just mix the two up and hope mama's dressing made granny's dressing taste a little bit better. put some sweet potato souffle and some brown sugar on top of that dressing. You can't even taste it. Listen. I'd put it on my plate 
It was nasty. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it tasted. I didn't like the way it smelled. I didn't like the way it felt in my mouth. But you know what? Hear me. That gathering wasn't about the dressing. It was about my granny fountain. When we gather as a family, there may be some stuff that you don't like. You might not like the way it tastes. You might not like the way it looks. You might not like the way it feels in your mouth. That sounds weird. Listen. Listen. But it's not about the dressing. It's about the Father. And when we put our eyes on Him, then we can function in peace. Then we can function with purpose. Then we can show up with passion. But it starts with trusting in the Father. Some of you are in the place this morning or you're watching online and you're not a part of the family because you've never trusted in the Father. You've never acknowledged your brokenness and your sin and the reality that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead and only he can forgive you. Today, we invite you to become a part of our family, but even greater than that, we invite you to become a part of the family of our creator. Simply by acknowledging your brokenness and your sin, believing that Christ loves you so much that he died for your sin, and that in his love he gave his life, but then in his power he came back to life. And today he desires to forgive you, to give you hope, to give you peace, to give you that purpose, to allow you to live with passion no matter what's going on around you. Jesus is calling you today, not just to our family, but to his family. Today, some of you need to say, Lord, forgive me. I trust you. I give my life to you. I'm a broken sinner who needs your forgiveness. If that's you, when I get through praying, I'm going to be standing right here worshiping. You can come take me by the hand and say, Stephen, I need to give my life to Jesus. Maybe you don't want to talk to anybody this morning. You can text that word Buford Info to that number 97,000 as soon as it comes through. I'll reach out to you. There's a prompt that you can respond with that you need to trust Jesus. I'll reach out to you and we'll begin that conversation of what it means to trust and follow Jesus. We want you to be a part of this family. If you're a guest here, maybe you've been coming for a while, you want to know something great about First Baptist Buford? We worship on Sunday mornings now with an incredible amount of peace. We come in here excited to be here. We come in here not ducking our heads, waiting for who's going to throw the first punch. We come in here because we recognize that we serve a God who has redeemed us and who has called us to be the instrument that he would use to redeem our community for his glory. And so if you want to be a part of that, you come be a part of this place that loves one another, imperfect, messed up, brokenhearted, walks through some junk, but loves one another because we love Jesus. We want you to be a part of this with us. If you've never trusted Christ, that starts with you trusting Christ. If you have trusted Christ, that's simply you. Again, you can text that number. Want to be a part of this church? We can begin that conversation. If you haven't trusted Christ, you do it this morning. You need to be a part of a church, you do it. If you are a follower of Jesus, and somewhere along the line, you've lost your peace, you've lost your purpose, you've lost your passion, would you pray the prayer this morning that King David prayed? That God would restore to you the joy of your salvation and fix your eyes on the Father. You be obedient. 
this morning. Let's stand together. I know it's 12.07. We're going to deliver some boxes to some folks in need in our community. But I ask that you hang through this. We're about to sing a blessing over you. We've sung it many times. And we're going to ask that God bless you and that God bless the generations below you and the generations below that. Listen, the only way that happens is if today you fix your eyes on the Father and you connect with other believers to walk through this thing called life together. God, I thank you for this day. Help us to be obedient to you. We hope that you have been blessed and challenged by this message. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want to know more about how to follow Jesus, please check us out at fbcbuford.org.